If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, oh boy. We go all oh boy. in the ketogenic diet. Before we do that, by the way, we do our 12-minute fun conversation. So if you want to hear all about the ketogenic diet, you can fast forward that first 12 minutes. But in that 12 minutes, we talk about music and workouts. Then I talk about a study and that talks about why we crave sweets when we are stressed out. Um, and then the rest of the episode is all about all about that keto. the ketogenic diet. But really, it's about why we think the ketogenic diet is probably making people fatter rather than helping people lose weight in a long-term permanent fashion. You know, um, it's now it's been popular now for at least a few years. We've been witnessing some interesting trends. And of course, we talk about our experiences with the ketogenic diet and our clients' experiences with the ketogenic diet and why we think the vast majority of you listening right now should not be on a long-term ketogenic diet. So I know this episode will be a little controversial, for some people, but again, we have a lot of experience working with people, and I think we made a pretty good case, so listen in and enjoy. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody, MAPS Aesthetic, our bodybuilding physique competitor, bikini competitor program, the program that is designed for people who want to change how they look to become more aesthetic. They want to sculpt their body the way they see fit. That program right there, very popular, 50% off. All you got to do is go to MAPS Fitness Products. Dot com. Use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K-5-0, and you will get 50% off. On that site, we have other MAPS programs as well. So if you want to find one that suits your personal fitness experience, fitness needs, and goals, again, go on that site, mapsfitnessproducts.com. We got you. You know what was a good workout uh, band that um, nobody ever brings up anymore today because they kind of fell out of favor? Disturbed? No. No, they were great. Yeah. Yeah. No. Down uh, with the sickness. Lip, limp Biscuit. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, lip, yeah. But you laugh because now it's kind of like, eh, Limp Biscuit. Yeah. But they were legit workout music durst. back then. But yeah, no, I mean, the energy they had. I watched them. I actually went to one of their concerts. I, I went to. I watched it, them get booed off stage. It what? It was yeah. explosive. Like, they, everybody went crazy and was like, like fighting each other. So you went when they were cool. Yeah, when they were cool. And then he you went, went when, when they, they were just like right after. Done. What was it that he did? Fred Durst did. Because that was a so rise he incited, and fall. He incited a riot at the this this revised Woodstock where they had Woodstock with corn and Limp Biscuit and uh, Raging the Machine and like all these like metal uh, ro- like rap bands. Like what? And alcohol. That doesn't. That's not. And yeah. That's not Woodstock. It turned into a bloodbath. So somebody had tore something down, and so what he did was he like started, he he grabbed. I guess like w- w- he got them to like um, grab one of these pieces of wood, and he he got on it and was surfing on it, and so now at that everybody started like tearing stuff down because they saw him like surfing on this piece of wood. And then that just it just exploded. Everybody started like rioting and like like raping people and crazy shit. Oh my god! Yeah. It, oh, that's right. I read about that. It was horrific. I don't oh. see. I couldn't remember why we all of a sudden went from liking him to hating him. But that I, was why. I remember I had tickets to go see. So this was they were in San Francisco. I watched uh, Mudvayne, uh, Limp Biscuit, Metallica, and Lincoln Park. 
were all uh, at a concert. So they were on a tour together. Great, great concert. Um, but when Limp Bizkit came out, shit, he didn't even finish his set because wow. people were throwing shit on the stage and booing him off. I think he sang two songs. That's rough. So now I don't... Are you sure that's why he got a lot of hate? Because I thought yep. it was because he was dating every pop star well, in no, the world. That's, I mean, that... I'm sure that contributed to part of it, but that that was the nail in the coffin for him. Really? Yeah. Because there was at one point, uh, Durst was the man. He oh, was yeah. dating every hot, you know, pop star actress. Like he was the guy. Yeah. And then he went from cool to not cool at cool all to drool. Yeah, like yeah. you didn't want to say you were Olympus. Yeah, I couldn't. Could, yeah, no, I couldn't remember. I, know, I still like their music though. That's Hell yeah. Thing, yeah, Hell yeah. No, it's great workout music. I, it's on my playlist. Is yeah. it still? Yeah, yeah, it's on my playlist. Dude. I still listen to that. Break stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, so good. Song. I mean, Rage Against the Machine is always my my go to, but I I can abuse that too much to the point where it loses its effect. So I try to fast from it for uh -huh. like a while <laughs> totally you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah um and, and then i know you know I what i fast with it with pantera yes that's, uh, dude yeah, so here's what i here's what i noticed with music it's like caffeine for me yeah. like if i use caffeine too frequently i need more and more of it to give me the same totally, effect totally so i'll start off with uh like lincoln park and then it'll get to like disturbed and then rage against the machine but before i know it i'm like sepultura lamb yeah. of god yeah and then it's just dude, hundred percent. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Our bodies are adaptation machines. Isn't that funny? It, it for sure works the same way. This is why I'm actually very methodical about my music. As when I'm kind of getting into my rhythm, I'm not listening to my heavy metal right now. Right now, I'm like hip hop. Like you know, if I'm listening, like when you guys hear hip hop out here, like you know, like oh, he's not that serious right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm you not getting, I'm not getting after it yet. Like because I'm not there. Like I'm not scaling the workouts there. But once I start scaling the workouts up and the volume starts increasing and the intensity starts increasing, so does my music. Is you that know? where you start uh, hip hop? Is that your your first? Yeah, because like, hip hop, I get uh, hip hop in a groove or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's more yeah. like it is. It's more of a groove. You know, yeah, that's always my party music. You yeah. know, if I ever had people over, it's always hip hop. Well, you do you dance really well to it. Yeah, man. I've seen you do a couple moves. <laughs> it's not bad. That's what it's for. Uh, I I start out with um, like house, high energy, electronic music, which is good cardio music, but not really for weights. But I start out with that, so I'll work out too. Mm. But at the end, man, I end up. That's with very Lane esque. What? No. <laughs> yes. He listens to dramatic movie music. The pinnacle he said. is Enya. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Was there ever a song that was like, was there ever a, a group or a song that was for sure, like if you listen to it, it you're going to either hurt yourself or you're going to hit new PRs? Was there anything that <laughs> falls in that category for you? Rage. Yes. Yeah, Rage is, is, it always yeah, rage? Rage is like that. For Which sure. song? Ooh, Killing in the Name of. Oh, that one? Oh, that was yeah. a great one. Yeah. I like Freedom. But oh, yeah, freedom. Yes. freedom. Yeah. I'm like I, I, I Fuck lose my you. shit. I won't do what you tell me. That one too. Yeah, yeah. I like the wake up uh, because of the build up, and then it's like you know, wake. It's the the song to the Matrix. Yeah. Remember at the end of the Matrix. Yeah. But that's not my. That wasn't my ultimate. My no. ultimate ultimate ever is Rocky. The soundtrack to Rocky Four. <laughs> that. Dude, that's I, so funny. I'm gonna tell you something right now. I will never play that music unless it's a special. <laughs> You're occasion. You're just gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> it just it has to be a special occasion because when yeah. I put it on, throw your back out, dude. It's something else. So I, I was showing my son, and he, we were listening to the music in the car, and he's like, "Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know, it sounds pretty cool." But and I mean, he wasn't getting it. And I'm like, "Oh, I know why. You haven't seen the scenes that this movie goes to." So then I'm showing him the scenes of you know Rocky training in the, in the, oh, in the snow. All the drama that's tied into it. Yeah, that. and he was getting all like pumped. Dude, you don't want to crack me up? Uh, crack me up, Enzo. I was talking about this with Enzo about music that pumps us up. So Enzo's like, "Dude, check out this song. It's freaking rad." He sends me this remix song with Dragon Ball in it. And <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Like Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball Z. And the dude is, is, is he's powering up. I'm getting my power. And then it turns into a song. And I'm like, of course, dude. Oh, you, you grew up God. with that shit. D- totally different thing. That's his Rocky Four. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. watched Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? I told you guys this story a while, long time ago, like where I, I crashed my Jeep. Uh, because I was like headbanging too hard to the song. No, you didn't. No, tell you, it. Did. <laughs> you did not tell this story. Come on, man! I thought I told the <laughs> you story. Asshole. How yeah. hard were you headbanging? It was, uh, it was a band called Soul Embraced, and, and I think it was called The Hero or something like that. But it had this like it had the the, the sickest breakdown, like, and it it was just this head snapping beat. And I had I had everybody in my band was in the jeep with me at the time. And we're like, ah, and I'm in the parking lot. Of uh of of the dorms and like I wasn't looking and then I just like slammed right into like the embankment of all this snow and like I went off track and like almost rolled it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You That's definitely didn't tell that story. Yeah, That's yeah it was. Metal. I was getting into it. What was that song? That group that I told you guys and my son showed me and I was like made me cry because it was so. It was heavy, and I was like, "This is my son likes this kind of music." Do you guys remember? Oh, it was a new band, right? Dragon, Dragon, uh, something. Sl- uh, it was the it was the last like song on Guitar Hero. Yeah, what is that? Uh, Dragon something. Dragon Force. Dragon Force. Dragon Force. So I'm in the car, and uh, you know when you hook up m- my phone's uh, Bluetooth hooks up to the car, it automatically plays what I was listening to last. Like it's got this. I don't know if it's a glitch or whatever, and I had just worked out that morning and I was listening to I don't know something crazy like Sepultura or something like that and so it goes and it gets on real fast and so my, my, my daughter's like oh my god this is crazy and my son's <laughs> listening to it and he's like whoa and I'm like yeah dude this is what I work out to and he's kind of like do you want to hear what I like and I'm like sure and I'm expecting some like you know pop you know, something popular or whatever Dude, he puts on some speed guitar shit, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gnarly. Like, that's the ultimate speed guitar song. Yeah, I was so happy. I'm like, you like this? <laughs> yeah. Just little proud moments. That's my special boy. It'd be cool boy. to, like, hook you up and see what's going on neurologically and stuff, like, when you when music changes in your workout. It, it, Wouldn't that be a cool thing to, to, that would to, be cool. to Dude, study? It for sure invokes emotion. Oh, music yeah. will make people cry. It makes people pumped up music is used in movies it's used in speeches political rallies if it's good music it has to be the right kind right and that's usually my gauge is like did i feel something you Mm. know and then you can kind of assess but yeah like that's that's a lost art man like it's it's hard to find these days it's uh i wonder at what point ai will be able to figure out the right combination of sounds and song and stuff to elicit the the max emotion out of people because at some point you know it'll figure it out totally well, they kind of already do, right? I mean, a lot of the music that's made today is from the unpacking of music before. I mean, that's what the book Hip Makers is all about is, you know, that's why. And I think a lot of musicians and people like Justin who ah, scoff at the music today is that it's a lot of it's manufactured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has been they have they have hacked into like, oh, wow, when you do something that has a crescendo, you know, after about a minute and a half into the song, you get this emotional sure. rush, and so they don't—they don't even. It's it, too predictable, right? So they, they they write the song around these parameters versus what happened in the past. But that's right? humans doing it at some point, and AI is nowhere near yeah. uh, having this ability because creativity requires 
a computing power that is we have yet to calculate. And this remember is remember when we were talking with the founder of Brain FM, mm-hmm. you know, and like how he's engineering and crafting all these different songs and like how it emotes mm-hmm. or stimulates certain parts of the brain. Like they're definitely going to be able to figure it out. Like yeah. I'm pretty confident, dude. Speaking of the brain, um, very awesome article that I had posted this on my Insta story the other day, um, and it got like 80, 80 or 90 shares, which is not common for an article that you have to read. It's, it, those My memes get shared like crazy. People love sharing stupid jokes, but articles almost never get shared at that rate. But this one did, and I wanted to bring it up because it's a pretty damn good article. So the title of it says Scientific American. It was actually published uh, recently. I think it was uh, February 27th, so it's recent. Hmm. And the title of it is Why Do We Crave Sweets When We're Stressed? So it, this is a real thing. Like when people get really stressed out, yep, there's a definite uh, craving for things that taste very sweet. Yeah, it's a bit of a sort of a coping mechanism. Well, the old the the old explanation, or and I think this is still part of the explanation, is eating foods that taste good give us a nice, you know, a, a good feeling. And so if you're stressed out, it's almost like a break from your stress because you're eating something that's really palatable. But they're finding that it's this, that there's more to it than just that. And so what they found in the study, well, here's a statistic that's interesting. Under acute stress, the brain requires about 12% more energy. Mm. That's a big amount. I mean, yeah. you know the brain, pound for pound, uses more energy than anything else uh, in your body. It's like right. this, it just, it just sucks up. Now, if you, if you calculate the computing power of your brain, it's actually remarkable, remarkably little amount of energy for that. But nonetheless... It's this energy sucker, especially of, of, uh, of glucose and glycogen. Mm-hmm. And so they're finding that that is probably what's contributing to uh, you know, the, the craving of sweets. So they did this study where they took 40 people over two sessions. And in, in one group, they asked the study participants to give a 10-minute speech in front of strangers. In the other session, they were not required to do that. And at the end of the session, they measured the concentration of stress hormone, cortisol, and adrenaline in their blood. And they provided them with a food buffet for an hour. When they gave a speech before the buffet and they were more stressed, they on average consumed an additional 34 grams of carbohydrates than when they did not do the speech. And they think it has to do with this, uh, the, the brain literally being like, I need more. Yeah, give me all the resources. Yes, I want more sugar. I need more of this energy. And in nature, sugar means, uh, excuse me, sweet means two different things because, you know, we evolved uh, for the most part without, you know, <clears throat> processed foods or, or all these clean foods around us. Sweet meant two things. It meant you're going to get easy energy. So sweet in nature is either fruit or honey or something like that. Like you're going to eat it and you're going to get immediate, you know, glucose. The second thing it meant was it's probably not poisonous. You know, if you eat something in nature and it tastes sweet, it's probably not going to kill you. Uh, Mm. Whereas bitter many times means poison. Well, what a great, what a great study to segue into what I wanted to ask you about is you just finished up and that. Uh, maybe it'll be live by this episode, but I, I know that I just read it on Teamworks is the latest blog that you just wrote. And I think it's such a great topic, which is that, you know, why is keto making everybody fat? Mm. And I think that we are seeing it's a bold statement. It yeah. is. It is. It's a very bold statement, but it there's some truth to that. And I think we're starting to see the backlash of the the 2018 diet of the year, right? That everybody's been talking about Mm. like it's revolutionary. And I think we're now starting to see some of the repercussions from that. I agree. It's, um, you know, what's really irritating about, it's funny. We, we called this out three, maybe three or four years ago in the early days of mind pump. We talked about how 
keto was becoming the the new kind of fad diet, um, it, just like all other you know diet trends have, have started coming gone. Um, and we called out how we're going to start seeing people think saying they're doing keto when they're not. Um, supplement supplements around oh, keto, exogenous ketones, bro, are everywhere. It has become a huge market. If you go to the uh, you go to the supplement store, you'll find protein powders. Keto protein powder, which I don't know what the fuck that means because protein technically can be keto unless you eat too much of it, um, or keto bars. You know, I had I had a company recently send me some some bar samples, yeah, keto cookies, and so the fun. the bars were you know keto bars, like they're designed for keto. Um, uh, keto water, I saw. You uh, did not. Yes, I did. <laughs> you did not. I swear to God, it's totally keto. I swear, now, now the reason why they said it was keto was because it had um, uh, exogenous ketones in it, and I'm seeing a lot of exogenous ketone supplements. Where people are taking these, thinking, and they're not in keto; they're eating carbohydrates. Well, they're but- eating. So the problem is they're eating, and then they're adding uh, these exogenous ketones, in, in thinking that it's going to kick them over into ketosis. No, no, your body won't go in ketosis. But that's such a misconception. I see people like touting that all the time. And yeah, it frustrates me. And a lot of people don't know kind of the where keto started. It's funny. I'll get questions on keto on Instagram and the way people are asking me the questions, it's almost like they think it's a new breakthrough diet. Like, right. oh, keto, it's this new diet I've never yeah. heard about before. Not realizing that keto, a ketogenic diet is one of the oldest diets yeah. in existence. We were probably in ketosis all the, more often than we weren't. Mm. Right. I would argue that. I would argue, you know, thousands of years yeah. ago, we yeah. were probably more keto <laughs> most of the time than yeah. we were not. Being well fed but not is by a choice. new thing. Right. Yeah. Not by choice, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. You know, this, was, this is keto by survival. Yeah. So, I mean, what happens in the body when you... Well, so let's talk a little bit about the roots first uh, of, of what the keto diet, as we know it, um, kind of how it started. You know, it, it originally, a long time ago, I think 500 BC is the first records uh, that we have of people, philosophers, uh, you know, noticing benefits when they would fast or when they would have people fast that came to them for help. And so back in those days, if you had like um, seizure disorders or neurological disorders, they thought you were possessed they thought you know you were cursed they didn't know and fasting at the time was a spiritual practice Mm. so they noticed that when they fasted that the gods took away their ailments and and it became this like thing and so fasting became now we all know the benefits of fasting there's a lot of different benefits but these people who would have these seizures and neurological disorders would have this many of them would have this great recovery their symptoms would go away and this was observed um, for a long time. And the problem with fasting is, of course, you're limited. Like at some point you have to eat again and you can't treat everybody that way, especially kids. Like if you have a kid mm-hmm. who has neurological disorders, you know, doctors were, they weren't super keen on telling a kid, you know, we're not going to feed you for a week. Oh, because you need calories. You need calories for developing, you know, everything in the body and the brain. And so, yeah, you, you need to keep feeding uh, kids, but like, how do we keep and maintain this the yeah. state of ketosis? Yeah, and, and now here's the way a ketogenic diet works. Before I, I continue, um, how it works is when you eat a diet that is largely devoid of carbohydrates and has a high fat intake, or you fast for a long enough period of time, your body starts to produce what are called ketone bodies that it uses to provide the body with energy. So because you don't have 
carbohydrates to produce, you know, glycogen, which is your, your your preferred source of energy. Your body then starts to produce ketones off of fats or off of body fat, um, which you use for energy. And those ketones are burned and used a little bit different than glycogen. And if you're somebody who has certain neurological disorders, for some reason, and we're really learning now kind of how it works, for some reason, it seems to be a cure for some mm. people. And so in the 1920s, that's when doctors developed, they're like, okay, fasting works for seizures for some for some people and some kids, but it's just not realistic. We need to figure out a way to, to get those same, you know, same results. And so what they did is they came up with a ketogenic diet, which... Here's the here's the thing. It, the real ketogenic diet is not like the ketogenic diet that people do nowadays. Back in the 1920s, and what's still used today is a, is a medical ketogenic diet uh, for neurological issues. Uh, it's it's like super restrictive. It's like 80 percent fat. Yeah, you know, it's 70 to 80 percent fat. It's low to moderate protein. You're not eating high protein. Barely any protein, really. And, and you're eating no carbs. And I, when I say no carbs, I mean they're t- the kids on these diets, especially back then, had to avoid. Toothpaste, Toothpaste. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. for for the sugar that may be in it, or almost anything. What was funny about that was I remember when we were going through the process personally of trying it out, and uh, you know, I was just presenting the fact that we were like talking about the ketogenic diet to to my wife, who's a nurse, and so the her only understanding of the ketogenic diet was from the clinical sense, where they would prescribe it to these kids, and it was it was so restrictive, and she's like, I don't I don't see that working for any like regular person. <laughs> Like she was just like questioning me the whole time. Well, the diets that they would give these kids were lots of full fat creams and butters and to get their fat intake up high enough for their ketone bodies to get high enough for the, them to get the, you know, these, these whatever benefits. And so that's that's where keto was around. Now was for a long this time. now this is in the 1920s. Now is this the research that was done then and what we knew about the benefits of it is this what really drove what we saw in the late 80s early 90s which was the Atkins diet when it started to when when uh, Dr. Atkins came on the scene and started to promote a just a, a really high high fat type of a, a diet but just a lower carb is that where the research originally generated from? Was from here? Yeah. So you know, it's Atkins would have never been as successful as he as they were, if because it, it was kind of a resurgence of old diets. Because there was keto, low carb. That stuff existed a long time. It was some of the first diets that people did. Then we went through the the seventies and eighties where we were just inundated with information telling us that fat was bad, and everything right. was low fat. Everything was low fat. I mean, yeah. in the eighties. Fat was evil. If you wanted to be healthy, if you wanted to lose margarine weight, margarine was everywhere. It, it was all about low fat. Everything, every every food in the in the in the market had low fat on it because people didn't want to eat fat because we thought that's what made us fat. And so that happened for a long time, and it kind of set the stage for, for Atkins a, for a counter message. Yeah, because yeah. then comes out Atkins and he's like, "Hey, eat all the fat you want, all the protein you want. Just eat no carbohydrates." And you'll lose weight. And so you had all these people who were like, what? I've been not eating fat for the last 10 years. Now I can eat all this fat. And so they started doing it. And of course, lo and behold, people were getting results because they were also restricting calories. And Atkins exploded. But Atkins was much higher protein than the yeah. original ketogenic diet. And that's how people do keto now. It's a lot higher protein. Well, and now it wasn't that the backlash that happened from Atkins was, I remember they had the original Atkins that exploded. It was like the diet everybody was doing a couple of years later. We started to get people that had some heart conditions and so that because of the high protein. Is that right? Um, it was more so going on a high fat diet. There are certain 
types of people whose lipids will go crazy with a high-fat diet, and they have to be careful with saturated fat intake. And it's not a, a big portion of the population, but you know, if you take 10 people and you put them on a high-fat, uh, low-carb diet, and it's also higher in, in saturated fats or animal, pro, animal fats, maybe one out of them, one out of 10 or something like that will notice like skyrocketing cholesterol and bad lipids. And really the answer to that, if they want to remain low carb is to change their fatty acid profile, you know, eat more of the avocados, more of the nuts, get off the animal, you know, animal fats or whatever. But that's kind of what was happening. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think that, I think the reason why Atkins fell out out of favor is the same reason why I think keto's fucking going to do the same thing. It's super restrictive. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no way it doesn't last. The retention just isn't there, you know? Well, it also got, you know, so the Atkins thing happens, that kind of falls out of favor. This is the 90s. Then we go a little bit further. And what I feel like really the resurgence of it in the last, you know, five years for us has been like, I would say a credit to some of the research that people like Dom Diagostino, Dr. Mercola has been doing, uh, who else? Uh, Walter Longo. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys, the the research that they well, were Dr. Putting- Mercola has been talking about keto forever too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but th- this is what's really, the, the combination of all these guys. And then the, the, I remember the study that Dom talked about with the Navy SEALs and that actually started to show like the neurological benefits. So not only is this good potential for some people for fat loss and overall health or maybe even potential autoimmune stuff, but now we're starting to see the benefits on the neurological side. Yeah, I mean, what, what his study showed, he was trying to figure out a problem with seals where they would use these rebreathers so it prevents bubbles from coming up when you're underwater. Mm-hmm. But the oxygen content gets so high that these guys would get seizures. And so knowing the bene- knowing how ketogenic diet was used to control seizures, he said maybe this will help the seals, and sure enough, it did. It reduced dramatically reduced the seizures that they would get and the, the amount of time they could stay underwater hmm. with a rebreather, and so it kind of blew it up a little bit. And Dom himself, brilliant guy, also built as fuck, and he did this whole experiment where he fasted yeah. for a long time and then went and deadlifted 500 pounds, something like 10 times. And so then the fitness community was like, "Huh, let's let's yeah, take a look here." <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's I think it's important to 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 say something real quick here. You know, there's only one way your body uh, loses body fat, and that's largely one way, and that's you have to take in less energy than you're burning. That's it. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't that's, matter what you eat. You say that very simple, but there's there's many things that factor into that, right? Like so, I, and I and yes, I, there I, is. I always like to say, you know, I caution people with that statement because the the average person goes, okay, well, the, of course, law of thermodynamics, calories in, calories out. I need to eat less or I need to move more. The unfortunate part is there's a large part of the population that just their metabolism isn't in a very good place that that doesn't set them up for success. For example, uh, you know, like the text I read the other day on the podcast where, you know, client wanting to get ready for a show and she's not even consuming 2000 calories. And I know that her body fat is probably north of 20 percent, 20 percent body fat. I know that where she needs to go and where she currently is at, simply just restricting calories or by creating more movement is not a great strategy. This person needs to do some work. But it's still energy balance, right? Right, right. Whether you boost one, you're burning through faster metabolism or through activity, or you you reduce the the consumption, you can't get around that fact. And the reason why keto became so popular, in my personal opinion, I think there's two reasons. One, I think... People with gut issues oftentimes will benefit from dramatically redu- reducing their carbohydrates because the carbohydrates feed gut bacteria or tend to feed gut bacteria in, in people who have gut issues. So people going keto are like, oh my God, my digestion feels a lot better. Not everybody though, by the way. Some people get constipated as hell and it doesn't work for them. But some people, 
eat keto and they feel better. The other thing is uh, eating a lot of fat and protein can make you not want to eat a lot. And so some people find that it kind of suppresses their appetite a little bit and they don't, they end up eating. It's easier for them to, to cut calories by eating a ketogenic diet. Right, you feel full and satisfied, yeah. so you're not really motivated as much. Well, I, I also think it's important that people that are, are considering doing that is they, they really understand who they are uh, and what their what types of goals they have before even exploring options like this, right? Uh, you know, what always happens, and this is what, I think the stuff that irritates me with diets like this is, you know, all we need to do is throw some decent science at it, you know, a couple Kardashians talk about it or somebody fucking famous, and then now everybody's doing it. It's mm-hmm. like the bottom line is it's not for everybody, and a lot of times it's probably definitely not for you. And so how do you know that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're somebody who's training like a CrossFit or you're into swimming or you're somebody that's uh, a, a long-distance runner or you're just somebody who wants to be healthy and lose body fat and just have a normal life or you're somebody who loves certain parts of life like going out and having a glass of wine every once in a while with your friends like who is this diet for and who yeah. is it not keto a keto diet all the time is 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 almost not for anybody okay yeah. there's a very small percentage of people who should be on a ketogenic diet most of the time now i think everybody should play with this you know going low carbohydrate every once in a while but i don't know very many people that should be keto do you guys i mean we we did this a while ago all of us went on the ketogenic diet ourselves to kind of test it out and yeah. talk about the benefits and the drawbacks. Now, I notice I'm always lower carb, not keto, but lower carb. I just feel better that way. Mm. But when I went full keto at the time, I noticed some benefits in terms of my gut health. I noticed kind of like I felt like I was more sharp with my thinking. But I also noticed this. My food selection became very narrow. I started eating oh, the yeah. same shit every day. It was like bacon, butter, avocado, macadamia nuts, you know, meat, uh, rotate, you know what I mean? Certain greens. And it became even me who's you get super that palate fatigue after a while. It, dude, the same thing. All well, the not time. even just palate fatigue. It just it becomes less likely that you can adhere to it all That's the time. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and 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 also potentially, it, you, I don't care if you're following the diet or not, and if you are still in a, a calorie restriction, you're not going to convince me. I don't care who you are that eating butter, bacon, avocado for 80% of the food that you're consuming is an ideal source of nutrients. It just isn't. There's so many things that you're potentially lacking in all these other foods. And so, and this is similar to the opposite diet that we talked the same about, which is the vegetarian, mm-hmm. right? Very similar. It's like, it's not that there's not all these great health benefits from potentially eating this way. It's that the ability to stick to that and then also in that little narrow uh, options that you have also make sure you rotate through all of them because okay. it's important that you get to each one of those because they're 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 giving you nutrients that you just couldn't find anywhere else. There's benefits from diversity, and that, and that's that's the thing. Like you're going to now narrow down your macronutrients and and eliminate a lot of diversity that you would have been able to incorporate if you're just more flexible and you know and you're able to be on top of it. And but there are like so what appealed to me about uh, the ketogenic diet was when I actually. Uh, when I fasted the first time, I had a very similar experience to where, like Sal saying, the sharpness, the mental clarity, um, like I, I experienced a lot of, you know, a lot less of, of the indigestion and, and, and gut, you know, issues I've had as far as like, uh, you know, heartburn and things like that. Um, so, you know, there's benefits to that, uh, that, that I experienced, but I was also thinking about it. Like it's, 
it is a great diet for for like overall just brain health and just being able to step away from uh, just always getting that same source of fuel all the time. It is, but even Dr. Mercola talked about this. He pointed to studies to show that going keto all the time, all the time, but can not- actually cause um, some insulin resistance uh, through that process. And he right. even now he recommends- Like an intermittent version of that. He does. He yeah. recommends that people inject some carbs, carbs every once in a while to kind of maintain that. Yeah, whole- his Fat for Fuel book talks about that. What's he, he goes with the fasting mimicking diet, right? Is that what he calls no, it? No, no, no. That's, no, that's Dr. Valtolongo. Yeah. But no, his Fat for Fuel book does talk about, yeah. you know, about doing something like that. Um, and then here's the other thing too. In the fitness world, they're, you know, what really irritates me because there's no science to support this is how keto is better for strength and athletic performance. Now, there's definitely individuals who might benefit from it. Like if you have terrible gut issues and keto fixes it, or you have neurological issues or autoimmune issues and it helps with that, yeah, you're going to improve your performance. But healthy people, no. Studies show pretty clearly that if you're going to be do anything that involves lots of power, strength, glycolytic type, type of energy, carbohydrates are going to make you perform better. And I noticed this mm-hmm. personally myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I went keto. I still worked out. I still performed relatively well. When I later on started reintroducing carbohydrates, my strength went up through the roof. I was able to lift more weight and lift harder for longer. You know. Yeah, I've noticed the same thing, especially powerlifting or, or you know, deadlifting. Like it just, for me, it, it it didn't have that same access to to that type of like force output. I just didn't. I needed that like real immediate uh, energy source, yeah. and and I get that from carbs. Well, is it, this is some of the pushback. I remember when we first interviewed Rob Wolf, and we kind of dove into a little bit about the paleo diet with CrossFit. And paleo is not even as restrictive as keto is. Yeah, you know, paleo you can still have sweet potatoes and things like that. You can't have that on a on a ketogenic diet. And part of the problem with the, even recommending the paleo diet for CrossFitters is the demand for quick, fast energy. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the benefits of eating high fat type of diets is the fact that it's slower processing, slower digesting, satiates you. Well, the downfall of that is it doesn't get there fast enough mm-hmm. when you need it for those people that are athletes and have that demand. It That's was right. interesting though, talking to Zach Bitter and like a fat adapted athlete that, yes. that used it for more endurance based types of, uh, you know, athletic pursuits. Now that, yes, that I could see athletic uh, uh, performance potential benefit. If you're going to do a, a long duration, steady state, not extreme exertion, but something that requires a long amount of energy, then being keto and fat adapted is probably a good thing because even a lean athlete is going to store, I don't know, 10 to 20 times more energy in the form of ketones on their body than they will glycogen that they can store in their liver and in their muscles. And so if you're going to go do a 12-hour hike um, you're probably, and you're not doing these extreme exertions of, of energy, you're probably going to perform better and you're not going to feed yourself, right? During the hike, mm-hmm. you're going to perform better if you're fat adapted. I, I noticed this. So, uh, when I first went keto, Jessica and I did this road trip and part of our road trip was we were going to kayak, um, uh, across Lake Tahoe to find this camping site. We ended up getting lost as usual on, uh, on Lake Tahoe. And so we fucking kayaked for seven hours fasted and i was blown away that i was able to now we weren't didn't kill each other now we weren't sprinting that's good um no it was early on in our relationship when we're all you know, <laughs> yeah, canoodling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you just don't fight right yeah. but right, we were right. we, we we were just constantly going going trucking trucking for for like seven hours and i was shocked that i didn't peter out and, and need to eat food so in that case i could see there being a, a performance benefit but if you're trying to like build strength 
or explosiveness. If you're a basketball player, a football player, a, you know, soccer player, you're going to want carbohydrates. Building muscle is much easier with carbohydrates than not. Um, so, but I mean, really, this kind of overlooks the big problem that we don't really talk about in fitness. We tend to look at diets and we're like, oh, cool. The, the studies show that eating this way is going to give you the most protein synthesis. It's going to, you know, give you the best insulin you know, response, lowers cortisol, it's going to burn body fat the best, completely forgetting the psychology behind nutrition, like completely negating that. Because my big issue with keto, 100%, is that uh, in my experience, and you guys, I'm sure you guys will back me up, the more extreme and dramatic a client makes changes right away to their diet, the more extreme and dramatic the rebound is every single time. Mm -hmm. Of course. It's just a massive rebound. And so I think what's happening now, and I can say this with full confidence, I personally think the ketogenic diet today at large has probably caused more people to be to gain weight mm. uh, than it has to help people lose weight in a permanent fashion. Well, I've seen it. You know, I've yeah. seen it with I've seen it with clients. I've seen it with peers. You know, there's what's happening is, and this is the part that I think happens. Almost everybody that has has now been in in either the health and fitness space or or pays attention to the fitness industry at all, has heard of the ketogenic diet. And it's now ranked as the number one diet of the year, so it's the most popular that everyone's the buzz. Mm-hmm. I go get my hair cut at the hair salon, and I hear the ladies talking about, oh, I'm on the ketogenic diet. Bro, we can expect like 10% more downloads because keto will be in the title of this episode. Right, right. Yeah. It's 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 definitely the most popular thing going around right now, but nobody start, or stops to think like, okay, how many other diets have I tried? that I didn't stick to long-term and what potentially happens when I don't stick to this diet. And that's why this one, I agree with you, Sal, is causing more harm than good because here's what happens is you become fat adaptive. You get used to the training or uh, eating this way for a long enough period of time. So maybe you stick to it for three weeks or six weeks or however, no, however long your discipline is. And then finally you have this wedding or whatever reason that makes you break it. Mm-hmm. And then you drink and eat and you just say, fuck it, I didn't. I fell off keto. And what happens is your body is not used to intaking that much carbohydrates like it used to be. And you can no longer get away with the same amount of carbs and intake and calorie intake that you were able to get away with six months before you ever did this keto diet. So that's the the real danger is, and this is something I remember noticing when, when I went through this. So the positive things I noticed was uh, before I ever went did the ketogenic diet, I was able to eat 600 grams of carbs a day. And I remember telling you guys on the podcast three years ago, why would I ever fucking go ketogenic if I get to eat all these carbs and enjoy all these foods and I can stay in great shape? And instead went ahead and did the diet to see how and see how I went through and so I could talk about it. And you know, one of the things or some of the things that I found really fascinating, like you, I had definitely had mental clarity. I noticed that the biggest thing out of all the things that I could say that were positive for me was how satiated I was. I went from being the guy that had to carry his meals around everywhere, not because I, I felt like that I needed to do that for any other reason than I wanted to eat every two to three hours because I was always hungry because I, I had a very high-carb diet, and it promoted me being hungry. Mm-hmm. And then here I would all of a sudden eat this you know, whole egg, bacon uh, type of a breakfast, and man, I would feel good all the way till 2 o'clock in the afternoon before I'd even feel like I was hungry. So there was definitely some benefits that I I got from it. Now, the problem was after months of doing it, 
I found myself in the same place as you, Sal, only I was trying to consume 4,000 calories. Like, try and get 4,000 calories on the ketogenic diet. Like, show me somebody that can do that with balance, with like being able to spread that out over foods and rotate Even that. Even your vegetables are limited on keto. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard. It was so hard to do that. And I've, I, and then once you finally do it, so because I'm trying to fit this, this macro profile, like my targets. And I figured out, it's like, I don't want to deviate from that because it's like, I found out that, okay, four handfuls of macadamia nuts, six pieces of bacon, eight eggs in the day, one, you know, one tri-tip steak. Like I figured out the formula. Okay. I'm perfectly in keto. I'm at where my calories need to be. I'm at where my protein is. And it's so hard to get back to that target without eating those exact same foods that I found this cycle. And then eventually I come out of it. And when I came out of it, the thing that blew my mind, and thank God that I had stuck with it long enough, and I'm, I think I'm aware enough and paying attention to signals in my body. I mean, I would get sick if I ate more than 300 grams. Did you find that once you started eating carbs, it was like you couldn't stop? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I, was, I was watching uh, the Jersey Shore, the, the newer season of Jersey Shore, and then what's his name is on there? They call him the Keto Guido. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Vinny. Vinny. Right? Love Vinny, right? But he's ketogenic so throughout the whole series you know they'll order pizza at night at night after they've gone out drinking and he'll take a slice and he'll peel the cheese off and just eat the cheese or and you watch him do this and they tease him about it right they call him the keto guido because he will not eat carbohydrates well well one episode one episode he he said fuck it i'm gonna have some carbs and then he went nuts he went nuts and ate i don't know how many french fry how many bags of french fries and cheeseburgers and pizza slices and whatever and made himself sick and it's it, it's that binge effect that you get from restricting yeah. mm-hmm. too much and this is a psychological effect now there may be some physiological reasons for this like adam had described but i think it's much more psychological where when you're on a keto diet you are literally conscious of the fact that you cannot eat a single like you cannot eat carbs which eliminates an entire segment of food. And by the way, carbohydrates are not evil. There are some very healthy forms of carbohydrates. Humans have been eating carbohydrates as long as we've been on Earth, and we've been eating grains for at least 10,000 years. And sure, there's people make the arguments against grains, but the reality is there are societies that eat rice and, and certain you know heirloom types of, of wheat or whatever, and they live a long time, longer than, than other societies. So you can eat carbohydrates and be very, very healthy. Um, and so now here you are, you're conscious of the fact that you can't eat any carbs. You go out with your friends, you're throughout the whole day, but you're super strict. I'm going to do this and I'm losing weight and it's helping me and I'm losing weight. You're six months into it, seven months, eight months into it. I've known people to stick to keto for a year or two years. And then at some point, at some point, you cannot restrict yourself anymore. At some point, the game that you play where you're the, the, the prison warden and you are also the prisoner where you're telling yourself, no, nah, you can't do this. Don't do this. And then you're like, ah, but I want to. No, don't do it. At some point, the prisoner escapes the prison. Always. Every single time, the prisoner escapes. And what ends up happening is not a normal approach to carbohydrates. It is a binge effect, which is literally a swinging back of the pendulum of all the time that you were restricted yourself. It's almost as if that restriction built up a bunch of energy in your body. And when you go back, it's like you're going through all that shit. It reminds me of those kids that were had super strict health, households growing up. Their parents didn't let them go out, let them do anything. They couldn't drink. They couldn't do anything. They go off to college yeah. and they fucking lose their mind. Those yeah. are the kids that binge drink, you know, do drugs, have Get sex STDs. with everybody. Yeah. yeah. 
they go nuts. <laughs> All stuff. Because they just they they rebound. And and this is true for anything, by the way. I don't care what it is. If I have a client who's coming to me and saying, Hey, I need to lose thirty pounds, and they take this fucking I'm gonna go crazy approach and cut out an entire macronutrient, for example, like you do with keto, I can predict with almost hundred percent certainty the rebound is gonna be extreme. It's gonna be just as extreme as a restriction. And so what I see that's happening now is people go keto, they lose weight for partially because they're, they may be choosing better foods, partially because it may be killing their appetite. So they're not eating as much, uh, partially because maybe they're now finally counting, but they think it's the keto, whatever counting, you know, calories and macros, but, uh, and they lose weight, Listen, but I see you, every single one of them gain the weight back. If you don't have to do it for medical purposes, I really believe you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. If you shouldn't be, if you don't need to do it for medical purposes, I don't think you should be doing it because if you're somebody who's doing it because you think for all the health reasons, there's a lot, you can get that through fasting and you can get that through intermittently doing this stuff. You can get that through Mm -hmm. doing a fasting mimicking diet. Like I was talking about where that's like a really low calorie diet for like seven days. You can take the principles and the thing that, that they use, they attach all the science to, to support the diet and to get everybody to get behind it and follow this structured thing. You could take those tools and you can put that into a normal diet that you eat that's balanced, right? So you have a very balanced, normal way of eating. And then you have occasional three or four days where you decide, hey, I'm going to reduce my carbohydrates significantly for three days, and then I'm going to reintroduce them back in. That's how I coach people. Yeah. Right. I, that's exactly, I coach, the way I coach people is they'll have days that are very low carbohydrate, higher fat, other days that are higher carb, lower fat, some days that are lower protein, some days that are lower calorie, because that's more that more closely mimics uh, everyday normal life. But it also prevents that binge effect that comes from- right. Now, all diets, I mean, to be honest, all diets, anytime you're trying to lose body fat, some restriction uh, is involved. But the, if we push it too hard, and especially if we push it too hard too fast, I promise you, you will at some point go back. And now we have studies to show that when you go restrict, 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 low calorie, low calorie, low calorie, and then you binge, your body try attempts to increase its ability or improve its ability to capture energy and the way it does it does it adds fat cells. It actually adds the number of fat cells. And to they your body. don't go away every time you cut back. That's what people don't understand. No, like, this is why I think damn. this is why I think and we've we've observed this now for decades. You look at bodybuilders who compete and the way they compete is they get shredded and then they just get hella fat off season and they do this over and over again. You ever notice each time they compete how less sharp yes. they become? Yes. How much more difficult it is? I think it's that effect that they restrict so much then they go to feed themselves. And what your body does when you when you eat excessive calories is your fat cells get bigger because it's capturing that energy. Hmm. Well, at, if your body sees this all of a sudden dramatic reversal of, of calorie intake, it tries to improve its ability to capture those that, that energy for the future, especially if you do it over and over again, which a lot of people do with diets. And so you add fat cells and you're setting oh, it's yourself up. an evolutionary up. advantage. Yep. I mean, in states of, of extreme famine... What do you think the body wants to do? It mm-hmm. wants to store energy. So it's like you're fighting these like natural mechanisms that we have uh, by going super extreme and then coming back. It's like that's what your body's supposed to do. Yeah, I, I think, uh, like again, I can say with full confidence, I think keto is contributing to the problem like all of other course, diets. Of course, have- we're going to see a backlash. Yeah. We 100% will see a backlash just like we did with Atkins. You're going to see the same thing happen again where eventually people will start to – enough people will have done it 
and talked great things about it, then came off it, and then realized what happened to them on the rebound effect, that there'll be more of those people than the people that are chanting and saying mm-hmm. it's great. Because here, by no means, and, and I think this is important, we've said it multiple times, is there's definitely an application for this for certain people that need to. Yeah. If you're listening to this and the, and it's a it's a health condition for you, and then you by doing this, it makes your lot you makes you healthier and a better person. That's the best diet for you. That's yeah, yeah, absolutely it is. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing the the masses are are following this diet and really have most for the most part have no business doing it. And even if you have business doing to each their own that want to try it, aren't aware of the potential shit that could come, the shit storm that could, could happen, you know, after they fall off of it. And yeah. that's what you got to be careful of. Yeah. And my, my, it's funny because it's like, I, I kept getting these signs as keto got, got more popular is it got sold so hard by the fitness industry that I would get messages like this. No joke. I must've had, I, I still get them every once in a while, but, but you know, before I used to get them all the time, people would be like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing keto. Uh, you know, I eat less than 20 grams of carbs a day. I'm eating high fat but I feel terrible. Um, you know, how long is this keto flu going to last? And I'll be like, oh, well, you know, how long have you been doing keto? Three months. Yeah, go off the fucking diet, dude. Like you, you feel like shit after three months. It's not working for you. Or I have people tell me like, yeah, I do keto, but I get constipated and I only go to the bathroom once every four days. Okay, time to go off keto. It's not working for you. But they got sold so hard that right. it was this magic diet. Or, they're, or just even simpler than that. People are, will message me and they'll be asking like, oh, I'm, I'm really struggling hitting this target. I'm really struggling doing this. It's like you're struggling so hard to adhere to a diet when you're missing the whole purpose of this. It needs to be something that you can integrate into your life for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So if you're already having if you're having problems following it, then it probably is definitely not the diet for you. Let me put it, let me put it to you this way in a different analogy. Let's imagine for a second that waking up at three o'clock in the morning and swimming in a cold lake, okay, I'm going to make it very specific, was by far the most effective way you could burn body fat and build muscle. It was just, it was 20% better than the next best program, okay? Now think about yourself. How, what is the likelihood that you're going to do that program? Zero percent. So that program for you becomes not, ju- not 20% better than the next best program. It becomes the least effective program because you're not going to wake up at 3 a.m. You're not going to go fucking swim in a cold lake. So what you need to consider for yourself when you're looking at diet is consider reality. Is this something that I'm going to want to do forever? Yes, yeah, it's is, sustainable. Is this going to work with my lifestyle? Is this going to work with the context of my lifestyle, the people that I hang out with? What are the foods I enjoy eating? And if it's a no on all that stuff, I don't care how effective you think it it is, it's just not going to work for you. It's not the diet for you. That's just the bottom line right. at the end of the day. Right. So, And with that, look, go to mindpumpfree.com and download some of our guides for free. Actually, you can download all of them for free. We have a lot on there. Also, if you want to find us on social media, we all have our own social media pages on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find Sal at Mind Pump Sal. And you can find Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee. 
And you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.